2: what it's going to be, who you're going to be, how you're going to do it. And then from that point, the universe is going to get out your way. This moment in time, this is your time to
1: rise. Today's episode, that interview we just did was amazing. Erin is magnetic. You guys will feel her energy and she is so good in what she does. And Sandy and I found her by reading her book, digital persuasion. Sandy reached out, got magnetic to her. Next thing we know, we're having a conversation. We're recording it on Getting Magnetic. So, Aaron drops so much value in showing up as authentically you, how to do that online like you do in person. And this is something that every single person can benefit from, especially people who do show up online. So, I'm excited for you guys to check out today's episode. Let's get to it.
0: I am so excited about today's episode and our guest. We have on Erin King today, and we were first exposed to Erin actually in January of this year, January of 2021. We watched her do – she was a keynote speaker for a training that we were on, and I love just – immediately I picked up on her vibe and her energy. She showed up to the training wearing a wetsuit because the theme of the whole <laughs> thing was like Maui themed. And I'm like, I love this girl. <laughs> and we were all gifted her book, Digital Persuasion. And Wade and I are reading it right now. We have a book club going on. And I'm like, we need to get this amazing woman on the podcast. So just a little bit about Erin. She's an award-winning entrepreneur. She's a best selling author and a digital persuasion expert. She is the Amazon best selling author of Digital Persuasion. And she's the founder and CEO of Socialite Agency, which elevates digital communication styles to attract attention, increase influence, and sell smarter. She also just came out with a new book called You're Kind of a Big Deal, which we're definitely going to need to talk about. But with all that,
2: Erin, welcome to Getting Magnetic. Sandy and Wade from down the street in Laguna Niguel, great to see you both (laughs) and meet you. And thanks for having me.
1: Yes, we are so excited. Okay, we usually kick off the show by asking our guests a question. And our show is called Getting Magnetic with Sandy and Wade. So, Aaron, if you had to put into words, what does getting magnetic mean to you?
2: Ooh, getting magnetic. Getting magnetic for me is if your vibe is not right and your cup is not full and you are not feeling it. it doesn't matter how much preparation you've done or how much legwork. It's not going to happen. The deal's not going to happen. The fun's not going to happen. The moment's not going to be created. It all starts with, with our inner vibe. And I really, I I cannot stress enough for people during these times right now, whether it's post-pandemic, about to be post-pandemic, whatever, you know, kids are in school, they're out of school, they're going back to school, whatever. There's so much space that we have to authorize ourselves to create, to make sure that we are not pouring from an empty cup. And I think as entrepreneurs and hustlers, it can be so hard for us to allow that space to fill the cup, to rev the engines, to get the vibe set, to get our head right before we dive into anything. As we talked about earlier, even this podcast, right? I was like, you know, I did not review the questions from so-and-so, but I did take the 10-minute beach walk to get my vibe right so I could show up for the fourth interview of this morning, right? So I think that's really, really important. And I love that you use the word magnetic because it talks – that that to me is – it's attracting people. It's pulling people in is the opposite of pushing people away, which is the last thing that any of us want to do as we grow our business.
1: Mm -hmm. I love it.
0: So good. Okay. So in reading your book, you have such a cool story. Like one of the first things in your book is about how – well, actually, I love the story about you graduating college with Mr. Grizzly almost holding you back because you didn't show up to class or whatever. And reading that story, I was like, what is she going to do? I thought for sure you were going to be like, no, I was there or like lie or like somehow figure it out. But instead, you had this complete outside the box thinking of, okay, I got to bring value to this. The only way I'm going to save this is by getting to know Mr. Grizzly and like figuring out what matters to him. And just the way you handle that whole thing. I'm like, okay, I love the way her brain works. This is an entrepreneur mindset. Someone That doesn't take no for an answer, that's like everything is negotiable, I will figure it out, and I just love that story.
1: (laughs) So, before Aaron King was this like international speaker, CEO, entrepreneur, extraordinaire like, before all that, how'd you get there? Like, give us a little background for the listeners on your story.
2: Well, from a professional standpoint, I was just a terrible employee, I was not good at having a job. And so that's for many of us that are entrepreneurs and hustlers and self employed. We just don't do well with someone else driving the train. And for me, I w- it was back in Baltimore, 2004. Picture Anchorman meets the wire. Okay. It was a local television station in, de- in inner city Baltimore, and I was slinging television ads, 100% commission only sales job. This sentence is going to make me sound like I'm 109, but we were cold calling. From a landline out of the yellow pages to bring a printed out PowerPoint for people to advertise on local broadcast television. Literally nothing in that sentence is relevant in 2021. That's what we did. (laughs) And I remember I was up for a promotion against my counterpart, this guy named James. I had much better sales numbers, but James played golf with the boys club. And I went in there super confident that I was going to get my promotion, get my base salary that I'd been working for. And James got the promotion. And I'll never forget being like, what? No. Uh Uh-uh. This is way riskier to let someone else decide how this story is going to be written. It's way riskier than maybe striking out on my own and trying to do my own thing. So I fully Jerry maguire out of the office, age 23. Who's come with me? Of course, no one did. Why would they? I was an (laughs) idiot, 23-year-old with no experience and no money. And I started my first venture with a girlfriend building websites when we were 25, And that ignited a 15-year roller coaster of highs and lows. I mean, we've worked with some of the world's biggest brands, the Oscars in Hollywood, the United States, Navy at the Pentagon, Fashion Week, Visa, Siemens, Hitachi. I've also been so broke I couldn't pay a $100 cell phone bill. I've raised seven figures of capital from a bunch of investors in Newport Beach to start a tampon delivery service called PMS.com. And after 18 months, zero return on their investment and had to eat crow. It was terrible and awful and really embarrassing and really expensive. So I've been up and down through every experience you can imagine from sales, marketing, digital, fundraising, capital, speaking, writing, all the things. And what I can tell you is that every single failure wound has healed over into the very faint remnant of a success scar. And that is the truth for all of us is that each time we crash and burn, we learn.
0: I always say you cannot have the highs unless you've had the lows. I think it's so crucial. Like we learn in the valleys, but we have fun. Like we have to have the hard times because that's where we learn. But the highs are where we have fun and you need both. We have to have balance. So I love your story. I feel like it's so relatable. So many people just focus on the highlights and all the good things. And I love that you keep it super real. And you're like, oh, I've fallen flat on my face multiple times. And I've learned a lot.
1: I love that. Our success is molded. Yeah, by those balance battle scars by those battle wounds and but we we get up and we keep going i just gosh your story is so empowering and that i think leads us or leads you into like walking in your purpose or what you feel like is your calling or what you're doing now which from my perspective from everything i know about you from reading your book and listening to podcasts you're on listening to your podcast is like helping empower people to show up online on all these digital amazing platforms we have that are resources to us the same way we show up in person and and how to do that how to create influence online am I on the right track there and if so do you feel like you're walking you're calling like what is your mission what is Aaron King's mission in the world right now
2: yeah, oh my gosh. Well, my mission is to help women and a few good men level up how they show up online, offline and all the time. That's my jam. And I will tell you that showing up authentically is terrifying. And I think the problem is when we think about being authentic, well, there's a couple of problems. The first problem is that we all have a little bit of perfection fatigue for the most part on social media. We're all getting a little bit tired of telling ourselves, we know this is curated. We know this was face tuned. We know someone photoshopped a thigh gap. Okay. We know, we know this. And we're still scrolling and consuming without intentionality. We are still allowing everyone else's highlight reel to subconsciously seep into our definition of our success, of how we measure our progress, of how we experience our joy. And we know better, but sometimes we just still refuse to do better. And so when it comes to those inputs that we are soaking in that so impact our outputs, whether it's our communication style on on social, whether it's how we speak about the opportunity of our business, whether it's how we just soak up the goodness of our lives, whatever it is that you feel like, gosh, I just missed that part of me it's really important to take a look in the mirror and take a look at your scrolling time and just ask yourself, am I being really intentional about how I am looking at everyone else's jam online? Because her success is not my success. What my success was pre-pandemic is maybe not my success now. Like, It is a moving target and it's okay to redefine. It's okay to reinvent. And my mission is just to empower people to feel like, it's not such a scary place. And, and I think what we're most scared of when it comes to showing up online is ourselves, we're scared that people are not just rejecting our post or our business or our story. We're scared they're rejecting us as humans. And the reality is, is that if you're everything to everyone, you are nothing to no one. I will tell you a story. So recently, I lost my puppy. I had an eight-month-old puppy, had her for six months. Her name was Stevie Nicks. She was the love of my life. And two months ago, she was hit by a car, died in my arms a block from my house. Okay? Worst experience of my adult life. I'm a motivational speaker. I lost my puppy, and I went into the deepest, darkest depression I've ever had, ever. So you have two choices. Either you keep showing up online as this perfectly polished influencer, everything's great, looking at a beach, motivational book, or you strip it down. And you allow yourself to be real and raw to your tribe. I did a podcast on grief. I read books on grief. I talked about the very non sexy, non uplifting, non motivating at the end of a pandemic. Who wants to hear this? Sad topic of what I was going through. And here is what happened, you guys 80% of my audience was like, I feel seen. I had this story. stories poured in about why aren't we talking more about grief? Why are we so scared to talk about the dark things? Why is everyone so afraid to break this perfect BS mold? Like, why aren't we having these this dialogue? It was an unbelievable response. And my clients that loved it and resonated with it recommended me to more clients. And I got referrals. Look at how authentic, authentic. On the flip side, about 20% of my audience didn't like that authenticity. They're like, you're a motivational speaker. This is depressing. I have a keynote for one client in July and they were like, you're not going to be like depressed when you do our keynote in July, are you? Like, are you going to be good by then? Because you're kind of like bumming us out, right? And I was like, hey... I'm doing my best. I'm being who I am. I'm hoping I'll be better by July and I'm already on my way. But if you want me to introduce you to somebody else, I'm happy to. I release that 20% though because when you're really showing up as you, you are inevitably going to turn some people off. But the people that love you will double down on that love. They will dig deeper into that advocacy. They will be your champion and they will help you scale and grow faster than you can on your own if you're just brave enough to do it.
0: Mm, That is so good. I think when you stay in alignment, the only person you need to stay true to is yourself. And there's nothing worse than feeling out of alignment. So as long as you feel like you're in alignment, even if the topic is heavy, that's your truth right now. And it's going to connect with the right people. People can see that and feel that. And grief actually is a topic I'm very passionate about with having unexpectedly, very tragically suddenly lost my mom at age 23. And so I do talk about it a lot. But I often feel like I'm making people feel very awkward and I don't want to make people feel awkward, but I'm like, I'm still not okay. (laughs) You know, I think it's healthy to talk about the hard things too.
1: I think that's a huge opportunity for me. I've been realizing, you know, in doing self-work, personal development, learning about yourself, it's a, you know, lifelong learning lesson is learning who you are. And, I think from my upbringing, from my childhood, I've maybe naturally, but also wired myself to like look at all the positive and focus on the positive and release the negative. And it's served me in so many ways. But I almost see an opportunity, like, oh, I can feel more into grief or into a negative, and it's okay to be and live in that space for a bit, and it's healthy. But it's also okay to come out of it and focus on positive and move forward. So I think that's an opportunity for me. And I also love what you touched on. Aaron, because I think for some people hopping on a screen and talking to whoever their audience is out there, whether it's on Instagram or social media, whatever, is intimidating for almost everyone. For some people, it might feel somewhat natural. But the biggest thing I've learned in that, and I'm no expert, but is that when you're you, when you're authentically you, like when you don't have to go show up as someone and you got to put on this mask like when you just can just hit record and be you it's so much easier it's effortless you just you just hit record and continue being you and living your life when you have to show up as someone different or posture like i'm not feeling sad right now or i'm not i gotta turn in this motivational speaker it's so much more difficult so i think there's insight number one i got from Aaron. like show up as you and it becomes much more effortless than trying to put on this character
2: Yep. And it's easier said than done. I mean, we've all seen whether it's a speaker or an influencer or someone in your organization, and you see them and you're like, that's the way to do it. Look at them. Look at them go, gosh, she's so polished. Gosh, he really nails that. And you'll say, wait, maybe maybe that's how I should do it, right? And then you're just being like a crappier version of them instead of like a fantastic version of you and bring the thing to the table that only you can bring to the table. I mean, your unique story, being together, being this power couple, and this is your walk. This is your story. I mean, you being vulnerable enough, Wade, to say like, I was away from from Sandy for one night and I missed her. And to be open and honest like that, a lot of guys might be is that wimpy? Is that weird to say? Is that going to be like make me seem like less of it? But that's you doing, you and there's nothing, nothing more powerful and nothing scarier. We're talking about the internet, the meanest place in the world where there's always gonna be a hater and a judger, but they're gonna hate you or judge you anyway. So you might as well do you and attract the people who love you. I mean, my grandmother's from Ireland and my very favorite phrase that she ever told me growing up ever in her Irish accent, which I kind of suck at doing, but I'm gonna try. She was like, oh love, she's like, it's always better to be someone shot to whiskey than everyone's cup of tea. And that really has been my life mantra. And if you can dig deep, my new book's called You're Kind of a Big Deal. It's about unlocking your big deal energy, your audacity. If you can... Rise beyond what everyone else is weighing in and judging and reacting. And you can reinterpret that as people are giving you big reactions because you're taking big actions. If you aren't doing anything that impressive or that cool, of course everyone's just going to approve and applaud and retweet because it's not big. It's not scary. It's not different. It's comfortable for everyone. But unfortunately, as we all know, the comfort zone is not where you make shit happen. And so when you look at everyone maybe reacting to you in a negative way or pushing back, I mean, even the word audacity is a little bit controversial. Oh, that was audacious or the audacity of that person. Well, the the word means daring greatly, which is very sexy, right? Brene Brown, we all want to dare greatly and be heroes. But it's daring greatly even if, caveat, it might be shocking or even offensive. Ooh, who wants to shock or offend? And yet when you look at all the most incredible stories through history, I mean, Malala facing down the Taliban, she was Definitely daring greatly and being shocking and being offensive to the Taliban. And she's a hero. Like, there's very little story where the hero, everyone on both sides, all around, were like 100% approval rate. And so, what I really try to teach my clients and my tribe, and what I try to walk myself, because of course, you know, we teach what we need to learn the most, of course. And so, what I'm always preaching and teaching and learning is that it's not about not caring what anyone thinks about you. Like, I'm so authentic. I don't care what anyone thinks. That is ridiculous. Like, narcissists and psychopaths and sociopaths don't care what anyone thinks about them. That's just, we're on social media because we're looking for approval. We're looking for the love and the likes and the jam. Okay, let's be honest. It's not about not caring what anyone thinks, but when the stakes are high and when you're at a crossroads where it matters, it is a matter moment. It is about having the audacity to unlock your intuition because intuition is individual, not collective. Intuition is individual. Unlock the fact that you care more about what you think about your decision. That is the difference. We want everyone that we love to love our thing. Of course we do. But their reactions to our business, to our posts, to our vulnerable live stream, to our podcast, to our life, their reaction is just a reflection of how what you're doing is making them feel reactions are reflections. And the more that we can start to reframe those red lights and that feedback and that static and that noise from a negative and reframe it to a positive, maybe it's actually a blinking green light indicator that you are tapping into that alignment, to use your word, Sandy. The more you will get unstuck and actually start to Level up to that space that you know you have what it takes to go to. It's not about getting started or having the action or being afraid. We're good when it's just us. It's everyone else's pushback and reaction that keeps us in a state of fear. And so that audacity can be something you can use to push through and to stay true to what you know will help you feel like you're in flow with that vibe check kind of full circle to our first conversation.
1: Okay quick break in today's episode gosh so much value already i'm so excited for what's to come but i wanted to break it today's episode is brought to you by 90 day habits journal for those of you out there that are listening are you a sales professional are you in social selling are you in network marketing we're all salespeople, right this is a blueprint it is your day-to-day guide on how to build your business, whatever profession that is within sales. It's a playbook, it is a daily accountability partner, and it can help you build your business.
0: So good. I love the flow state. And by the way, I love your grandmother's accent. It reminded me of Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh yes. I, got Mrs. Doubtfire I don't think she vibes. was
1: Irish, but oh, yeah. I
0: don't know. I just like got Doubtfire vibe. Yeah. Well, it was a bad accent, so I loved it. But I love what you said just there too, because just in our businesses over the past couple of years, and like we've leveled up our life in such big ways. And just a couple of years ago, Wade was a nine to five employee, and now we completely design our day. We always say we're the CEO of our own life. We wake up every day on purpose and do our own thing. And we've gotten, I think, me more than Wade, but a lot of pushback and some negativity and a lot of friendships have shifted and things where you just realize like, I'm outgrowing this. And it's exactly what you said. I think sometimes when you're growing, it makes other people reflect on what maybe they are or aren't doing. And then it, it creates this like divide or tension. And so I think in leveling up, which you've clearly done a lot of in your life, it's natural to get some pushback and have a lot of that going on.
2: Well, you've tapped into something really painful, which is the loss of relationships, which is that we fear success for that very reason. We fear what we're actually capable of because we don't want to lose our high school besties. We don't want to feel distant from the ones we love, the comfy, cozy relationships that have worn these grooves in our hearts and our minds and they know us. And I mean, the most important thing at the end of the day, like when you're on your deathbed, you don't give a crap about Instagram or Reels. You're thinking about your people. They're who matter most. They're your why. They're why we do what we do is to provide for our families, to create freedom, to have these incredible resources to take care of the ones we love when we need to, that these are our whys. And so that's why it's so tricky to, when you are outgrowing maybe some fixed mindset relationships, to release those. I mean, it's, it's a really tough line to walk. And that's why success can be lonely. That's why they say it's lonely at the top. That's why people will self-sabotage. That's why we restrict ourselves because we don't want to lose those people. And so a big piece of, I think, honoring those that are in a fixed mindset and still preserving the relationship while not restricting yourself is to kind of have a balance. It's like for me, I maintain the relationships that I have outgrown at a different level with an eye on my team abundance players. Like who are my abundance mindset relationships that I can transfer that energy and that love and that time into? And sure, it's uncomfortable in the beginning, but there was a time when those old relationships were uncomfortable too. And so it's just trusting that if you really do believe you are the sum of the five or 10 or three or 20 people that you spend the most time with, your outputs are reflecting those relationships. So when you look around, are those the people that... you know? I like to be the dumbest person in my friend circle and pretty much every single room. Whenever I look around and I have more going on than everyone around me, that makes me very anxious because that's the wrong room. It really is the wrong room. So I would rather be small fish, big pond all day, but it can be lonely and it can be scary. And And what you touched on, Sandy, is why we stay stuck and why we allow those voices to have a seat at a table that really they shouldn't be allowed to have a voice at. Mm.
1: I am loving this conversation. Oh my gosh. So many value bombs. And one place my brain goes to is I think, well, first and foremost, I think everyone in the world to some extent is like a salesperson, right? Whether it's your business or not, whether it's the dating scene, whether you're trying to persuade or woo someone to date you or spend the rest of their life with you or something like we are all like can benefit from understanding people and understanding persuasion. I think sometimes persuasion has like a negative connotation to it, but influence, influencing. We're all salespeople to one extent or the other. And we are always showing up every day and building our brand in whatever we're doing. I think for the people out there that are specifically entrepreneurs or business owners or salespeople or social sellers or network marketers, one thing I've learned from you or you've definitely driven home for me recently when I first started training or speaking or doing different things or showing up online more, I wanted to be impressive. I wanted to be like, look at me and what I'm doing. I want to impress people. And what I've realized over time is that's cool, but that doesn't empower people. It doesn't inspire people. It might motivate them if for the time being, but if they don't look and see, I connect with that person, I feel like they are empowering me, I can do that too. It becomes lost on them outside of the moment. So one thing I've been studying in your work is, you know, instead of let's say showing, let's say posting on Instagram, instead of saying like, i me, look at this, look at me. And granted, you know, a lot of our posts will be probably us or our world but your speech is almost you and two people. And so in whoever's reading it, you're speaking to them. Could you like expand on that? Like do a little like mini training there for people? Because I think there's so much value there, especially for people who have something to offer the world.
2: Totally. So here's the problem. The problem is we don't type like we talk we really, really don't type like we talk. Right now, we're having a conversation. You're both nodding your heads. You're on your couch. I'm in my comfy chair. We're chilling. We're jamming. An email exchange would not feel like this, okay? And there's a couple of reasons for that, okay? When we get behind the screen because we can't see Sandy and Wade's head nodding because there is asynchronistic communication, so there's a delay. So when you post something Or you text something that's either the annoying bubbles, like what are they saying, what are they typing, or there's a delay from the comment, there's a delay from the response, delay from the email, there's a delay. You can't see the nonverbal, and there's a physical distance between – ours is pretty short, Laguna Beach, Laguna Niguel, but usually it could be anywhere in the world. So all these three components come together to lower our inhibitions in our brain. It's called the online disinhibition effect. It's a phenomenon. that I call it the ODE mode, O-D-E for short. The ODE mode lowers our inhibitions and has us behave online in ways we wouldn't be bold, rude, or dumb enough to – In real life, this is why we have horrible things like cyberbullying and spam and the multi-scroller great wall of text from DM Deb shouting about our products in all caps and too many emojis. Fire, 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 right? So this is the problem. We are much more persuasive face-to-face in person because when we're behind screens, we type about ourselves twice as much as we talk about ourselves. Offline, 40% of the time, talking about ourselves, we go back and forth. Even in this conversation, I'm like, Sandy, I love what you said. Wade, that was a great point. We go back and forth like a tennis match. Behind screens, it's more like Dear Diary. The screen blocks our normal, human, persuasive, influential, cool, chill person vibes and has us showing up as a much more self-centered, more self-focused version of ourselves. So 80% of the time, we're using the least persuasive word in the English language, which is the word I. It's the least persuasive and the most used. And we pepper our content with I-bombs and my-bombs because we can't see our audience. And so we end up not only showing about ourselves visually with selfies in our life and our world and our lifestyle, which is fine, but also verbally with how we're typing, our captions, all about us and our experience. Every time you show up online, you are either serving you Or you are serving them. There are two options. You're serving you or you're serving them. Now, the challenge, of course, is that you aren't a creepy paparazzi who's going to all of your customers' houses and need to be like filming them live from their kitchen. Of course, it's going to be your avocado toast because you can't see their avocado toast, right? So here is how you can better exist at that intersection of this is my profile, my footprint, my message to the world, my story. And everyone's self-centered and cares about themselves and their own message and them being in focus and them being the one that it's about because persuasion is personal, right? So how you exist at the intersection is this. You show about you visually, but you type about them verbally. You show you type them. So if you go to my Instagram, for example, um, at Mrs. King, you will see it's the me show. It's 100 million me here, me there, 5,000 takes to get the one that you're not like, what is happening? So it's all me visually. But if you look at my captions, I'm so, so intentional about my I to you ratio. In the first 10 words, that first power of the preview that makes you stop the scroll or not, the language I use. Have you ever imagined that you, so there you are, That you know, you're know one thing. I start with them in the beginning because it forces my brain to overcome the ode mode, to smash through how bad we are inherently behind screens and become more like who I am in real life. You want to close that Grand Canyon size chasm between online you where we're not as strong and offline you where we're really strong. And the more you can close that gap, the more you can type like you talk, the more you can show up as an empathetic, caring, focused on others individual, you will unlock and amp up unbelievable amounts of persuasion power in how you type text and tweet. Mm. I
0: love that. I feel like this is why I love you so much because I don't know you in person yet. We're totally going to double date or something (laughs) or go play tennis or something soon. I know it. But I feel like you are how you are in real life, which is very like you are online the way you are in real life that's I feel like a rare thing to find like there's so many people that show up in these big, amazing ways online and then you meet them in person and you're like that it does not make sense, you know, and so I feel that from you, and that's something that's really important to me that i've one of the biggest compliments Wade and I get when we meet new people, they're like, wow, like you're just how you are in person, how you are online. But I want to be w- made more intentional with my words online because I see what you're saying about that Grand Canyon gap about mm-hmm. making like it, it is so easy to say I that probably is the most overused word. And it's that simple, simple switch of just how can I say the same thing without making it about me? How can I say the same thing, but be other people focused?
1: I love that. So, just review. Let's say you go to a post or whatever you're putting out there, like think, am I doing this for me or for them? And then maybe you read it, try and step out of yourself and be like, if I'm reading this, if someone just scrolling, am I going to catch their attention? Am I talking to them? I absolutely love that. Oh my gosh, Aaron, I feel like we could go on all day long. We're just going to give our audience a tease of Aaron King, but I love that there's so many resources to connect with you. I know your books. So I'm going to actually practice something. Another thing I learned from Aaron, it's more powerful if for Aaron to go say, Hey, check out my book. It's freaking awesome, Digital Persuasion. People will be like, Oh, yeah, your own book. But for someone who's reading it to be like, You know what? This book is awesome. This book is for anyone who's. Showing up online, maybe you're building a brand, maybe you're building a business, whatever you are doing online, you need to check out Digital Persuasion. And I think that's on Amazon, right? That's where we can find it.
2: Yes, it's on Amazon. But I want to touch on one thing you just said, which is the fact that we always try to be storytellers. We always try to take on this responsibility of telling our story. But to your point, Wade, if you can evolve from always being a storyteller to sometimes being more like a story seeker. Finding people who can tell your story in a way that is more compelling and more powerful and more persuasive than you can. It's easier on you. It's more credible for your audience. And it'll grow your business in a way that doesn't feel icky and it feels more organic. So I love that you touched on that.
1: I love that. And I'm excited to implement the pub method, which we are learning in your book. We're about yes. halfway through it, which we yeah. haven't even scratched the surface of on the, in this conversation. But yeah, go check out Digital Persuasion on Amazon. And then you're kind of a big deals now on Amazon too, right? Your recent yes. book?
2: Coming June 1st about unlocking your audacity and your big deal energy.
1: I love it. So, have to get that. If if people want more of Aaron King, besides those books, where else can we find you? Is it podcasts, Instagram? Where do we find you?
2: I'm on the gram and I'm also up in the club. I'm digging on the clubhouse lately at Mrs. Aaron King. Yeah, I'm liking the club. So, either way, and then my website's aaronking.com. All kinds of free resources and downloadables that can help you guides, podcast episodes, all the things. So, check it out.
0: So good. Thank you so much for your time. I love your energy. I know that your voice is making such a massive ripple. I can just like feel it and I know that. So just keep shining. Keep doing what you're doing.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Erin.
2: Thanks for having me, guys. Great to meet both of you.
1: You too
0: okay, that wasn't long enough. I think we need a part two. I love her. Obsessed with her. She has incredible energy. I'm so grateful she lives down the street because we're definitely going to meet in person and have a day together. But so many knowledge bombs and I love that she keeps it real. It's so relatable. It's so... Raw and real, and even just her sharing the story about like her puppy and just things that she's gone through, we can all relate to that. Mm -hmm. You know, I love her energy. I think she has so many incredible value bombs.
1: I love just getting to know her better, like through the book and reading her book. One of her biggest strengths i think is making you feel empowered like she's awesome her energy is great but she levels you up with her and so it, whether it's reading her book or listening to this podcast she has a great job and that's something we can all i think learn from aaron so excited to continue to connect with her through her books but also meet her in person how cool is that that's what's amazing like asking it is given right sandy just asked hey would love to connect with you on our podcast here we are had an amazing conversation Now I already envision us on a boat in Newport Beach together enjoying life. So don't forget. So remember, get magnetic to whatever it is you want in life. See you next time. Only those that can see the invisible can do the impossible. So
0: remember, you are magnetic.